coming up on this episode of Up for Debate. We're talking sandwiches. That's right, things you can put between two slices of bread. The good sandwiches, the not-so-good sandwiches, and some of your favorite sandwiches. We're going to talk about them all and have some laughs along the way, so stick around because it's time for Up for Debate. This is Up for Debate, episode number 61, recorded September 29th, 2016. Between Two Slices. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Up for Debate. I'm Sean Jennings, the guy with a slight cold, joined, as always, by the guy who you cannot see, Mr. Matt Mariani. I picked the one, the one week I get a nice new haircut, and no one can see it. Nope, we'll just have to take your word. What you did? You go for the frosted tips, or you go for the? Uh, I, I was told that it's called the fade. The fade. Did you get like the the, the, the Mets insignia uh, styled into the side? Yeah, I got I got that on the, on the left side, and I got a cool lightning bolt on the right mm, side. Nice, classic. Can't you know that never goes out of style? Yeah, no, not absolutely not. I like it. Are the Mets in the playoffs? I don't follow baseball. They haven't clinched yet, but they are currently in the. Uh, they have the first spot of the two wild cards. So, um, your Boston Red Sox—they actually just sure. clinched yesterday. I think last you, night. I think you mean the Houston Astros, Matt. Oh, oh, you're a Houston Astros. No, sock. I no, I don't like. Actually, in the playoffs last year, I was rooting for the Mets, so I, I don't really have a baseball team. Well, hopefully you'll have the opportunity to root for the Mets once I'm a, again. I'm a bandwagon fan, so pretty much whoever – in basketball in the same way, I became a Warriors fan as soon as they got good. So, you know, that's that's how I roll. Good. I'm a fan of uh, the – not the Houston Oilers. What's the – The Rockets. The Oilers don't exist oh, anymore. Houston Rockets. Yes. The Rockets. Oh, no, they I, have all the uh, space-themed names. They do. They do. Actually, speaking of that, well, see, you're not on video, so you don't get to see my awesome Johnson Space Center mug that yeah. I picked up at Johnson Space Center. I saw your Snapchats. You looked like you had a, a fine time uh, going into space. Matt, they literally have an actual space shuttle you can go in. Like, not like, you know, a replica, like an actual, like, honest-to-goodness space shuttle. Wow. And you can go in it. And, it, you know, it's they, they don't actually let you, like, operate it. But they have all the switches and the buttons. You actually, like, see the cockpit. You know it's, what's going to happen one time? You're, you're going to – the next time you go and visit – uh, you're going you're gonna to go inside and you're going to accidentally, like – hit the control that shuts the door <laughs> and then you're going to like be like oh how do i open how do i open the door back up here i wonder if it's this button and then the engines start roaring and then you're like uh i wonder all right how do i make the engine stop maybe it's this button and then the uh the wheels start turning and it starts to uh cat crawl on the runway before you know it you're in space you're in space i, I you know i feel confident that's not how it works but the funny thing is the way they have it set up there because, you know, the space shuttle would land in California and then to get it back to Florida to launch again, they put it on top of a Boeing 747, strapped it to the top, I'm sure you've seen pictures, and would fly it across mm -hmm. the country. A, a, oh, yeah. a big feat yeah, of engineering. Quite, quite interesting. 
But so at Johnson Space Center, they actually have the Boeing 747 with the shuttle strapped to the top of it. And you climb upstairs to, and you can go in the 747 and then you can go in the space shuttle. That's pretty great. And so I, I, I like to say that you couldn't launch it, but it is just a plane on wheels just sitting there. You know, mm. I don't, you know, who knows? You know, if there's, if there's one person who would be able to launch that space shuttle and get it, you know, into outer space, mm -hmm. you know who that person would be? Buzz Aldrin. No, I don't know who. It would be Miss Frizzle. Miss Frizzle. Mm. I thought a bus was more her style. I mean, she has the magic school bus, but. Yeah, she has a space like that, shuttle. That, that kind of scenario is always like how their shows go, isn't it? Like they all get locked in the in the museum and then the things start coming to life. <clears throat> that teacher, I, she is some kind of evil witch uh demon <laughs> like the crap she puts those poor kids through yeah like that's in the story it's horrible it, it's really genuinely horrible and you know what i sincerely doubt i sincerely doubt that she gets permission slips for these these trips from the parents absolutely not and those kids like every time are in some kind of peril and because and i guarantee if she collected permission slips, that that was that kid Arnold. Yeah, he'd never he would never um, he'd never go on a field trip because he hates them. He hates going on a field trip. Mom, Miss Frizzle's gonna take us inside the human body. I need your permission. Uh huh. He should. I honestly, he should probably ask to be transferred to a different school. You should bring it up to the school board. I can't imagine that's. I mean, you're you're From a teacher, man. That's a nightmare. Is that yeah legally? I mean, a you're not you have you have a teacher in your building who's not collecting permission slips for a field trip. It seems like they go on field trips every day. That's right. So when when, when, they when do they actually learn class? anything? Yeah. Um, Could you? I mean, I'm I'm all for uh, <laughs> learning through experience and design, but could you? I mean, could you imagine the episode of the Magic School Bus where Miss Frizzle and the students? Where they have to take state-issued standardized tests. <laughs> like, Standard. All right, students, yesterday we went to outer space. Today, you're going to be filling in the bubbles <laughs> and answering essay yeah. prompts so they can grade me as your educator. None of the things that we learned are on the <laughs> test. Oh, God. Miss Frizzle, why isn't the test asking us about the time we shrank down to the size of insects? <laughs> like, I don't know. And teach me this in uh, teacher school. Oh my God. Yeah. No, she's those kids. I would not be surprised if it was like lost where those kids are like in some kind of hell purgatory <laughs> this whole time. And they're not, you know, like they all did terrible things in a past life. And that's why they are now permanently stuck as students that never get older and have to go through these insane adventures that where their con where their life is constantly in peril. That'd be, that'd make for a great series finale. <laughs> <laughs> like a philosophical thought piece of of the magic wow. school bus. They never learned enough in their previous lifetimes. Now they must be taught again and again, constantly as children, as as feeble minded children. I mean, there's one episode I remember where they go in outer space. Yeah, and the boy Arnold, who hates the field trips to begin with, 
uh, he takes his helmet off when they're on, I think they're on Pluto. Yeah. And his skin freezes. Yeah. It's awful. He freezes solid into a solid block of ice. All right. So he's dead right there. He died. Like, you don't take your helmet off in space and live. Um, But the lizard, I forgot the name of the lizard, but it's like, it's Miss, Miss Frizzle's pet lizard. Uh, the lizard had like some um, had some like blow dryers and uh, hair dryers, and they they thawed him out with the hair dryers. That's not how that works. <laughs> even when the magic but, school bus tries to teach you something, they don't even teach you the right thing. It's yeah, it's just a massive lawsuit waiting to happen. Now Pluto's not even a planet, so they 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 did that all for for nothing. Nope. Nope. Oh my goodness, magic school. We we need to do a whole episode on uh, children's educational programming, like Bill Nye. Put that on the spreadsheet. Put it, add it to the list. All right. Well, I think uh, we will. You ever seen Mr. Wizard? I Mr. Wizard was grumpy. Yeah, he always he, seemed he's angry. Like a, he's like a less friendly Bill Nye. Yeah, that's he, how to describe it. Yeah, but he was Canadian too, which I always thought. Yeah, the kids are all... Co- if you go back and watch it and pay attention, you're like, yeah, this is definitely shot in Canada. Okay. I'll have to... I'll look for that next time I watch Mr. Wizard. <laughs> when you're watching reruns of Mr. Wizard. He's... Yeah, he was very grumpy. He, he seemed... He's like, now pay attention, kids. I'm not going to go through this again. And like, Mr. Bill Nye is like, I want to make science fun. And yeah. Like, you always... I always felt like Mr. Wizard was like one or two sly comments from a kid's away from slapping them. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say from... He's like, I like, swear to God... <laughs> you screw up this experiment one more time. How uh, many times do I have to go over it? This is fusion. This is fission. God damn it. <laughs> oh, that poor old man. Getting stuck with all those kids. Mm, oh, Matt. Sadly, we're not here to talk about children's programming. But no, we're here to talk here about... For an even nobler purpose. An even, even more in-depth a fascinating discussion around a topic that's on the minds of millions of Americans. You know, Matt, today is National Coffee Day. Why aren't we talking about coffee? I don't know. That was a real missed opportunity. We kind of did when we did <laughs> breakfast. Now, Nash, I should mention that National Sandwich Day is on November 3rd. Why aren't we talking about sandwiches then? Wow, Matt. we So, are... so what we can do is we can wait for November 3rd and then talk about coffee on November 3rd and just, <laughs> we just switch the days around. The funny thing is, November third is a Thursday. Well, that's perfect. I so I think that works. So it's almost like fate. It's almost like fate deigned this to happen. I agree. I think uh, there's no better time to talk about sandwiches than on National Coffee Day. And there's no t- there's no better time to talk about uh, coffee than on National Sandwich Day. Perfect. I'm glad. I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. Matt <laughs> sandwiches. Sandwiches. Is there you know anything better? That says sandwiches? No, because I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> it shouldn't be. I'm not. But no. it is. I, I don't. I don't think that's Sandwich, true. Like there's a G in it. They invent that G. Sandwiches. Yeah, I think you just made that up. Say you never heard know. that? No, Sandwich. I'm no, I'm not buying it. Uh, um, so sandwiches, right? right? Where do you want to start? on sandwiches because the the great thing i think about a sandwich is that it can be literally anything like sandwich to me may be the least defined food on the planet like there was the famous argument is a hot dog a sandwich no well it's meat between two pieces of bread 
Yeah, but that's not what a sandwich is. Okay, so let's start with that. What is a sandwich? As I think for a sandwich to be a sandwich, it has to be arranged vertically. Okay? And a, a hot dog is arranged horizontally. Well, not if you tip so right it over. There, that is why a, a hot dog cannot be a sandwich. So, yeah, but what about like a like a lobster roll? A uh, lobster roll is not a sandwich. It's a roll. Well, no. It That's comes why up. it's not called a lobster sandwich. <sighs> so any so any top cut sandwich, so any kind of roll top cut vertically instead of horizontally is therefore not a sandwich. No, the, if it's arranged. So yes, a hamburger exactly is a sandwich. Yes, a hamburger is a sandwich. But a hot dog is not. A hot dog is not. A lobster roll is not. But a ham and cheese sandwich is. But... If you took that exact same meat and you put it in a wrap, guess what? It is not a sandwich. It is a wrap. But well, what about so a panini? Is a panini a, a sandwich? Yes, a panini is a sandwich well, it's a grilled that is sandwich. put into a press. Okay, what about a, a hoagie or a hero or a sub? These are all just names for different names for sandwich. Well, I'm just I listen, this is your definition. I'm just oh, checking. Coincidentally, um, in my research, I, I, I think I finally solved the, um, name of the sandwich debate. Okay. Uh, okay. Apparently we're, all right, Sean, where, what do they call a sandwich in your home region? Um, well, honestly, I think you even have to probably get more specific than that, but I can tell you the way I've defined it and I grew up there. So I guess I'm kind of the indicator, but for me, a hot sandwich is a hoagie. No, wait. Let me see if I get this right. A sub is always cold, and a hero is hot. And I think All a right. hoagie, I think, can go both ways, but it's also mostly hot. A sub is always cold, though. I don't know about that because I've, I've had plenty of meatball subs, and no, but, meatball subs are hot. No, those are heroes. Right? No, those are heroes. Ball hero, yeah, or oh, a see, I, I never, I never thought the distinction was because of temperature. See, I always thought it was like regional, a regional thing. Like I, I know in um in New England they say, well I know at least in Connecticut they they say uh, hoagie I think. No, no Connecticut subs. Connecticut is definitely subs. I would, but I but I would say, say where sub. I would say where I'm from it's mostly subs. Okay, it, the default you, would be sub. Like South Jersey, Philly, you get um, that's where you get hoagies. But I think I think that's where the difference is is because for me, then there's grinders. Grinders are always hot, and I don't care. There is no such thing as a cold <laughs> grinder. That is a that is a fact. Okay. And the difference I mean, I, I, again, I've never heard them categorized based on temperature. Well, but, I'm telling you, that's how I, I categorize can, it. I can, when I picture a grinder in my head, I'm picturing something hot. But the so way I'll give you the, point for that one so but my distinction is from where you buy it right you buy a cold sub at a sandwich shop or a sub shop right okay. whether it's a subway or a local one or whatever um a a whether it's a hero or a grinder it's hot and you get it at a pizza shop it's that italian kind of you know meatball sub cheesesteak hot hot sub that's that's the difference distinction for me yeah like that's, chicken parm yeah sure sure and that would be that would be a uh, a grinder 
Well, I, I just know based on what I've read, it seems like they, they all started out as heroes, mm. which comes from the Greek, the same word. Gyro. Hero, yeah. Is hero, yeah. Uh, and then that became hero for sandwiches for everything. Matt, is and then is is what? is a is a gyro a gyro a, a, a guy gyro a sandwich? Gyro. <laughs> I'm sorry. Gyro. Sore throat. I <laughs> I would say that it is not a sandwich because it's more like a wrap, right? I guess, yeah. But I, then, but I, I I think some people probably got confused. Like like you said, they probably started serving. Uh, these hot sandwiches and they, they were like oh it's right. kind of like this wrap well then let me um, let's call it a hero then i i love then, I, I, go ahead the the sub the sub came because a uh a naval base in connecticut ordered like 500 heroes and they started calling that hero the sub hero and then eventually it just became the sub that you just, Matt, where did you read this on fakefacts.com? That's not a thing. Why? Why? I don't. I don't believe you. So hard to believe about that. That's an insane. That because that's a that sounds exactly like a story I would make up. Oh, they call I mean, it a sub because they delivered a bunch to a submarine <laughs> once. Now this is this is all based on legend. It says legend uh-huh. has. Uh huh. Snopes I mean, that. I I'm not. Is it true? Is it not? Sean, what a. What um? How did the sandwich get its name? Before we get to that, Matt, I have to ask you: Is a quesadilla a sandwich? Because you have two a slices. Of, you have two slices of a bread-like material stacked vertically with a filling in between. No, a quesadilla is not a sandwich. It's a wrap. It's but it doesn't go all the way around. Oh, you're right. It doesn't. Oh. Or at least not. At least not hot. You know, like a. Okay. Like, a quesadilla is a sandwich. Hey! Yes. I'm sorry. I just like stupid word shit like that where it's like, is it, is it, you know, where you got to define it to death. I don't know. I, I think I I would, all right, I've changed my mind. I was actually picturing a burrito in my head. Ah. The burrito is not a sandwich, but the quesadilla is a sandwich. Is, is a form of sandwich. Okay. It's the sandwich criteria, so it is a sandwich. Um, Matt, I know exactly uh, where the name sandwich comes from. Would you like to know? <clears throat> Um, yes, I would. I'm okay. sure the folks at home would as well. So the sandwich, uh, dates back, uh, to the, uh, late 1600s, early 1700s, uh, colonial, uh, America, where, um, a young woman named, uh, Abigail Smithers, <clears throat> um, was found one day, uh, to be betraying her husband by putting meats and cheeses between two slices of old bread. Uh, she would do so by herself down at the beach, so no one would ever find her. Uh, she was accused of uh, of promo- uh, promoting anti-Christian values by creating this meat-cheese-bread concoction. Uh, she was labeled as a, as a witch, of course, famously known as a sand witch, uh, because her sandwiches would also be covered in sand because she made them at the beach. Uh, and she was burned at the stake for that, but her legacy lives on in the sandwich she created for all of America. Wow. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> if you, we, we that one her, you might want to Google. We honor her memory every time. <laughs> every, we every time. Long live Abigail Smithers, the inventor Abigail of the Sandy Witch. The Sandy Witch. The original witch. Sandy Witch. <laughs> yes. Couldn't you imagine they'll go to like Salem, Mass, and there's a sign, you know, here at Joe's Diner, the original Sandy Witch. I think the beach is probably the worst place in the world to have a sandwich. 
Um, I know so many people do it. So many people pack them in the cooler, but they're like, I, I, I don't know. I think like your hands get sandy. There's no place to wash them off. So you pull the sandwich out and, and then you get the sandwich sandy. I don't know. I think there are plenty of better uh, opportunities for sandwiches. So, uh, by the way, speaking of uh, the worst places to eat a sandwich, uh, here's a fun fact that combines our previous space conversation, right? Do you know the famous story of the sandwich in space? No. Go on. So, um, NASA is very careful about how food is brought into space, right? It's freeze-dried, dehydrated, um, measured exactly, weighed exactly. Um, They have to be extremely careful. However, back in, uh, and I'm trying to look up the year, back in... uh, 1965, Neil Armstrong was conducting test... Oh, on 19... So in 1961, uh, they were conducting tests with uh, Gus Grissom and John Young on the Gemini 3 space capsule. Um, And John Young uh, snuck a corned beef sandwich in his flight suit pocket and carried it up into space without the knowledge of anybody at NASA or his co-pilot. Apparently, the sandwich didn't cope well in microgravity, and NASA was quite upset. <laughs> did, the, did the sandwich, like, catch fire in his pocket? No, 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 it carried it up. It was just fine, and they ate it. It just kind of, you know, floated all around in microgravity, and it was... Yep. Probably got everything very dirty. That could have been really dangerous. He got in a lot of trouble, but he claimed he forgot it was in there, and when he, by the time he got up there, he said, we should probably eat it, so... The first sandwich in the space. First Sandwich in space. Corned beef. Corned beef. Interesting. So where does where does the sandwich come from, Matt? Uh, I think we just, we we pretty much established. We, okay, we the, got it the, right the first time. Okay, good. Sandy witch. So the no. sandy witch. The 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 real story is much less exciting. Um, doesn't involve witches or sand, but it does involve a card game. Um, legend has it. Sir John Montague, the fourth Earl of Sandwich, um, was was playing a 24-hour marathon gambling event. Um, uh, I, they think the game was Pinochle, but they're not entirely sure. Uh, he was unwilling, legend has it, he was unwilling to free up both of his hands um, to eat the uh, meat that was prepared for him. Um, they had, they had a platter of meat and, uh, he, uh, he, he did not want to free up one of his hands to grab the, the meat, I guess, in case somebody might cheat off of his hand. Sure. Uh, so he, he ordered one of the serving wenches to assemble the, the meat and the bread together. So he wouldn't have to, um, I guess so. He wouldn't. He would be able to just eat it up, eat it both with, with both of his hands, and he could put the cards down so people wouldn't cheat and uh, look at his hands. So, yeah, the Earl of Sandwich invented the sandwich because he was too preoccupied with gambling uh, to get up and make himself food, which is kind of kind of sad in a way. He maybe he had like some kind of problem now that. Now that you think about, you know, maybe he was a gambling addict. I um, 
I, I call crap on that. Like I do all the stories you tell us and mainly on this one because, you know, that's like saying, you know, so-and-so guy invented the map. Well, no, people uh, back to ancient times have been drawing, you know, pictures of locations. I can't imagine he was the first person to ever put well, no, things he, that he weren't probably, bread inside of bread. He almost definitely was not the first person to think of that idea. But that's just he uh, just gets credit. That's just the most famous occasion. But that sucks. And I'm sure you know what people you know people for for generations at that point had already been eating bread and meat separately, like but on the same table. I think it was just a matter of time. Eventually, they would be combined. So he didn't create the sandwich. He more innovated the sandwich. And he didn't really create it. It sounds like his serving wench just created it for him and just named it after him. Wow, this guy is awesome. Yeah. He, I, I wonder <laughs> if he won that game, too. I am so on board with the guy who's like, this is delicious. I will claim as I invent. You're kind of the Thomas Edison of his day. Um, Pretty much. Just a real dick inventor. I love it. <laughs> Very Sean, good. what do you think the most popular, or what do you think the most, um, the most consumed sandwich in America is annually? I wouldn't even know how to approach that because there's so many types and varieties of sandwiches. It, it's just, just, a, just a guess. Which one do you think is eaten the most? I mean, I would say you're a, a traditional kind of uh, Italian sub. Your your sort Italian of sub. your your ham salami kind of Italian meats sandwich. Well, one of those is the right answer. Oh, is it ham? Is it a ham sandwich? The ham, yeah, the <laughs> ham traditional ham sandwich is the most eaten sandwich. And believe it or not, the most preferred condiment to go on that ham is mayo. Yeah, I can see that. A lot of people like their mayo. Mustard actually came in third under cheese. They they counted cheese as a condiment. Cheese is not a condiment. Uh, I, I would say that cheese is like a secondary kind of uh, – it's like, well, almost like the second half of the sandwich, really. No, you know what? Cheese is cheese. It's its own category. Like it's just – it just – it's like yeah, what do you what do you what elements do you have in a sandwich? Bread, meat, cheese, condiment. It's like it's its own thing. Pickles sometimes. Oh, pickles. Okay, but I, see, I happen to really like mayo with ham. Um, I didn't think it was that common. I, I, a lot of people put mustard on ham, which is okay too. But I don't know. I've always been a bit a bit a proponent proponent of the mayo ham combo. Um, now a lot of people probably guess the uh, peanut butter and jelly if you're playing along at home. Um, yeah, I could see that. Although I feel now, like that's kind of a dated yeah. thing. Yeah. The peanut butter and jelly has seemed to have, uh, actually lost a great deal of its popularity ever since the, the mid nineties stock in peanut butter and jelly has gone down. Or consumption has, has dropped ever so slightly. Um, that has fallen and is now our third most consumed sandwich. And that is behind ham first. And if I recall correctly, I think it was like, I think bologna was second. Yeah. You know. No, no, you know what was second? This this one might surprise you. Wasn't bologna. Bologna. 
the BLT. Um, God, that's a weak sandwich. It's the second most consumed. That's bullshit, Matt. Where are you finding these facts? I mean, seriously, I am. Why? Why are you? Why do you doubt me? Why, why would you? Because a BLT the, is like a weak ass sandwich. I'm it sorry. It really is. I, I've always hated the BLT. It's, I've always discredited the BLT. To me, the, the BLT is a sandwich that just is permanently missing something. Like, like that's I, exactly. I, that's exactly right. I go to eat I it mean, and I'm like, this is incomplete. You could pretty much improve the status of the BLT by doing almost anything. <laughs> yeah, <literally. laughs> if you exactly. add cheese, it gets better. Uh, if you add an actual meat patty, it'll get better. And and then you can call it a, a burger. Um, if you add ham, it becomes a ham melt and it gets better. Like I, A BLT is a sandwich you put another sandwich inside of. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why it's even a thing or why it's even worth. To, and I especially don't know why it's the second most consumed sandwich. In, and I don't believe that. I, well, first of all, I don't know who's spending the time and effort to survey Americans on which sandwiches they eat the most. Um, I mean, probably the companies that uh, probably like Boar's Head or the, something. The, the sandwich lobby, big Oster sandwich. Meyer? Yeah, big sandwich. Big sandwich. Um. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. I mean, my go-to sandwich. I Matt, do you know I eat the exact same sandwich every single day? Oh, you're one of those people. I'm one of those people. You get a nice. You get a. You get a roll. Okay. And Long you put roll or like a round roll, like roll, a like a round hum. roll, like a, like a Kaiser roll or a. Uh, uh, there's another name for it. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the name for it. Bulky. A bulky roll. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Bulky. And then on the bulky roll, you put uh, boar's head rotisserie chicken that they shave for you at the yeah. deli. Some shredded uh, four cheese Mexican blend shredded cheese. Okay. This is getting weird. Iceberg lettuce. This is getting real weird. And then that's it. Oh, oh God. You don't put a condiment on it? I don't like sandwich. I'm not a big sandwich oh, that's condiment really guy. Weird. That's a, that is a real weird sandwich, Sean. I hate to tell How you. How is that weird? All right, so let's start with the. Okay. Break it down. You said chicken is okay. Um, you could you could improve that. You can make it buffalo chicken. Too spicy. Or you can make it a smoked chicken, which That's, is also well. That is kind of what the rotisserie chicken is. Or you could ask for a barbecue chicken. I've tried that. It doesn't have a lot of barbecue flavor. Like I can't tell the difference. Uh, it's it is a little weak. Yeah. But I'm not my my beef is not with the condiment. My beef is not with the chicken. Right. If you will. Uh huh. Beef is with the the. It started going downhill for me as soon as you said shredded cheese. Okay, but hang on though. I want to hang on though. I want to rep for shredded cheese. And by the way, I put shredded cheese on everything. I go through shredded cheese more than I think anything That's, any other food item I buy. Why? Why? Do, what do you have against sliced cheese? Because a, it is too much cheese. I don't like a lot of cheese. And two, you get more uniform cheese spread. The problem with a slice, especially if you go for a square slice on a round bun, your cheese distribution is off. It's like when you go to, um, it always bothered me when you go to like a Subway, which I don't really go to Subway anymore, but they have the triangle slices of cheese, but they overlap the corners instead of doing them opposite. Yeah, so Because they could uniformly cover your sandwich and instead they double layer the cheese and then leave parts <laughs> without cheese. I'm like, it's so, I assume that's why it's in that shape. Like, it, come on. 
Um, well, now with shredded cheese, though, you you must put a lot on it. To a even, decent amount. It's, it's it's like unnoticeable without. Right. Like, no, it's, I did. Unless you pile it high, it's like. No, it's it's I a can't. it's a healthy amount, but I that's what I but I don't like a lot of cheese anyway. Especially if even if I got deli cheese, I have them slice it real thin anyway. So. Okay. Don't be hating okay. on my hating now. On my now, thing. all right. No, I'm not done hating it. I'm no. not done hating it. Um, you still got your iceberg lettuce there. Did you know that's mostly water? Yeah, that's it's like a, it's a weak lettuce. Nine percent water. It, no, it's a, listen, Matt. It's a weak lettuce. The problem is, I find iceberg lettuce uh, takes longer to spoil than other types of green uh-huh. leaf. So you're economical about it. I'm economical, and um, I, I it's cheaper. So you know, it's a, it's a budget play. Look, look. What, what am I going to get? Spinach, romaine. Red yeah. leaf, you know what I do I look like? I made romaine. of money. That's the good stuff, right there. Spinach is actually a fantastic sandwich green. I used to do that a lot. Spinach, spinach goes very well in sandwiches. It's kind of like undesirable on its own, unless you mix it with a, a different salad or something. But well, when yeah, I'm, it's, it's good on sandwiches. When I'm feeling splurgy, I uh, I'll do uh, spinach, and then for a dressing on on a chicken or turkey sandwich, uh, Italian dressing. That's very good sandwich. with okay. the spinach. So it's basically like you're having a salad. Agreed. On top of your chicken. It's like a chicken sa- a salad, but as a sandwich. So now in terms of favorite sandwiches, I, I probably have two. I have my favorite sandwich and then I have my favorite, um, my favorite work. I'll call it the work working lunch sandwich. Um, my favorite sandwich classic sandwich that you can have at home believe it or not it's just a simple grilled cheese okay but 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 define simple grilled cheese i mean are you talking bread and cheese uh, just, like, just a grilled just a grilled cheese sandwich with like two or three slices of cheese right <laughs> maybe maybe some maybe maybe you put one slice of ham maybe you don't maybe you put bacon the I think grilled cheese is so it's just so nice and versatile, but and, it, un, and unlike the BLT, okay, unlike its BLT cousin, it can stand alone, and an enhancement would help it. But like, just uh, for me, something about it just nothing ever, ever beats that classic grilled cheese sandwich. All right, with a lot of butter, fried on a pan or a or a grill of some kind. And maybe a pickle on the side, maybe some fries. What what I what I really like about the grilled cheese is the fact that it's so versatile, right? Because you start with such a such a clean slate of a yeah. sandwich, and you're right, you can just do bread and cheese, and you know, hell, even Wonder Bread and Kraft Singles is a decent sandwich. But you have so many places you can go with meats and with vegetables and with cheeses and with breads and. The, the possibilities are just, you know, I love to do a tomato slice on mine. I like to do a thicker cut bread. I like to mix types of cheeses. You want to get a, a like a provolone or something a little heavier, but then you also want something that's going to string like a, like a mozzarella, um, you know, when you pull it apart. Pepper jack for the spice. You do a little peppers and onions in there or something. Um, I've made mac and cheese inside a grilled cheese. Yep. I mean, there's so many ways you can do it. Pulled pork is fantastic. Pork. Yeah. Come on. Uh, get out of here. So, no, I agree. I think, to be honest, that should be the number two sandwich. I don't know why. That's the best one. A BLT should, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. Yeah. 
Totally. I, I, I would I would totally demote the BLT. It's a sad excuse for a sandwich right there. Yeah. Um, and, and and I don't like anything that says open face. Okay. Like you got. Well, is an open face sandwich a sandwich? See, that's 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 the rub, isn't it? I mean, I would say so. I would say so because really all you're doing is you're taking the you're taking the top on off, but it is itself a sandwich. That's like saying this cheeseburger is not a cheeseburger because I took the top bun off. I think it's still a cheeseburger. But, well, but see, I think of it more like uh, is a is a pizza with no sauce still a pizza? You know, it's a round dough and it's got cheese and a I few think, other no, things. I, I don't think it is. I think at that point it becomes a flatbread. But that's what I'm saying. So at what point does a sandwich stop being a sandwich? I think it's prime. Well, the, the number one thing you need to be a sandwich is between two slices of bread. Slices. And if you take out well, one slice, you're – Well, now, in, your, in that definition of the pizza, you're, you're actually removing an ingredient in the pizza. The sandwich, you're not removing an ingredient. You're just putting it off to the – you're putting a hey, – I've had open face sandwiches where they don't give you the other slice of bread. Hmm. Yeah, but you still, but the bread is still there. It's just there's only one slice of bread instead of two. You were entitled so to I, your I opinion. Now, if they remove both of the buns, <laughs> just gave you the middle part, then then we can talk about well, whether or not they, it's sad. That's not even an open face sandwich, though. That's just a meal. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't even know what that would be, but. I think if if you're just removing one of the breads, then I would still call it a sandwich. Mm-hmm. It would just be an open face sandwich. Now, uh, yep. now you said grilled cheese was your number one. Yep, grilled cheese was definitely my number one sandwich. But you can't. It's really kind of inconvenient to bring to work to like have as a as a working lunch kind of thing. So my my favorite go to to bring to work. Uh, I'm going to get a little ethnic here. And I'm going to say it's the mozzarella and pepperoni combo sandwich. First of all, is that ethnic? I think it's pretty. That's I'm, by ethnic, I meant Italian. It's an mm-hmm. Italian sandwich. Matt, you are Italian. You don't have to say ethnic. <laughs> you get away with it. Um, I guess I could get away with so it. So what? You just you just put pepperoni and mozzarella between two slices of bread? Yes, but what you need to do is you need to. It needs to be a generous amount of of pepperoni. Okay, you can't chintz on the pepperoni. It has to be, um, I would say, at least five or six slices of of, of round pepper, like full pepperoni. And we're talking like deli deli um, pepperoni deli, here. Yeah, deli kind, not like the pizza topping kind. Sure, sure. Um, and then you get you get like yeah, you get yourself like five or six or seven slices of that, and you get a generous slice of mozzarella cheese. And it doesn't really need more than that. I, and I, I, I like it on um, just hamburger bun. Um, but you could do that on a on a on a uh, hot dog bun, or you could do that on a wedge roll, or you could do that on a bulky. Um, now you could you could go even further, and you could get some olive oil and mm. vinegar, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of like dress it up a little bit. But it doesn't need that. Definitely, just the two things by itself would be would be plenty. Um, now, sometimes what I like to do with sandwiches, not just this one in general, I love taking the top part off, 
lining the top part of the sandwich with potato chips or french fries. Wait, with with the pepperoni and mozzarella? No, I well I said you could do it with that one. No, but, but I mean just but what I'm saying is really I don't think you can. I just any sandwich. Oh, you totally could. <laughs> no, I don't think you can. Oh, you absolutely, you absolutely can do. It. You can do it with any I've done it I've done it with just about any sandwich I've ever had. And it's phenomenal every time you do it. And what I like to do is I like to take the fries and I make a little thatched roof. Oh, I, my I take, God. I go like vertical, 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 horizontal, horizontal, horizontal. And I just kind of line it up like that all the way through. That way, like you were talking about before with the cheese, it's uniform. Like it's all uniformity. Matt, I think this is the part of the show <clears throat> where we have to bring in the disclaimer that says – uh. The views of Matt Mariani do not necessarily reflect the views of Up for Debate or Sean Jennings. And then you get a pineapple. And oh, you might my. Cut pineapple up and uh, oh. put that on the sandwich, too. And then throw on oh. some M&Ms and put in a Love little, uh, little dill relish and, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever, whatever you got in the fridge. Just throw it in there. Throw it in. That's, per- that's what we call soda, a, purple uh, stuff, sunny D. It doesn't matter. Just put it on the sandwich. That's insane. Now I would be worried. So, so you're you're telling me you're sort of like, go to bring to to lunch or bring to work type lunches pepperoni and mozzarella. That does not sound healthy. Oh, it's not. It's terrible for you. Like I, I feel uh, like if someone ate that every day, probably shorten your life by about three or four years. But I mean, it sounds good. But you will enjoy it. Now I don't bring that every day. Okay. Like I, like that's my favorite thing to bring to lunch, and I, I probably. I probably would say I have it like once every two weeks, but uh, I guess when I'm bringing bringing a lunch, I'll do something lame like turkey and ham. I mean turkey and mayo or ham and mayo. That's like the everyday lunch, but the the you know it's a special day when you you got the uh, pepperoni, pepperoni and mozzarella forward to. Hmm. I did like that you mentioned one thing, which was for me. Probably, if I had to pick a number one sandwich condiment um, across the board, I think it would be uh, an an oil, an oil and vinegar. Um, I think is a vastly underrated um, sandwich condiment. I mean, don't get me wrong, mayo's fine, mustard's fine, ketchup is weird, but I think a sandwich can be really heightened by the inclusion of an oil. Um, because for me, it doesn't weigh down the sandwich as much exactly. as a, as a thicker exactly. condiment. I was gonna say it. Yeah, it doesn't. It adds it flavor without adding weight, well. and it complements meats. Well. It does. It complements them, but it does not detract. It, it says, "Look, you're the real star here. I'm just here to make you look good." That's what the oil and mm-hmm. and uh, vinegar salad dressing does. It, it doesn't. It's not like the mayo where it wants to be the star, or the mm-hmm. oh god, the mustard. It's heavy. The mustard wants to, the mustard is a diva mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. no that uh that salad dressing it yeah it just it kind of says i'm gonna help you out it's your show but i'm just gonna make it the best show i can now matt i want to talk about a uh, a different kind of sandwich because okay. in 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 if i had to pick my second so i would say my <clears throat> Uh, the the t- chicken sandwich is what I bring every day to work. It's not my favorite sandwich. My favorite sandwich is probably an Italian-style sub with a, several Italian meats, lettuce, tomato, onion, pickles, uh, olive oil, some kind of seasoning on a on a nice roll. Um, 
Well, behind that is probably tuna salad. And I think salad sandwiches are interesting. Your egg salad, your chicken salad, your tuna salad. Um, very mayo-heavy. Ham salad. Ham salad, absolutely. Um, usually a little more mayo-heavy. Um, makes a bit of a thicker sandwich than, uh, than you might have otherwise. You can do tuna with, again, you get a little uh, cheese on there, melt it, hot tuna sandwich. Come on, tuna melt. Um, you know, throw a little some pickles on there. It uh, makes a good sandwich. Definitely, yeah. The there, there's there's a uh, a whole untapped market. You got egg salad sandwich. You have um, now we can get into another debate though. Is that actually a salad? Because really, um, what they do is they kind of cut the meat up into cubes, right, and then just douse it with mayo. No, a, a good. A good, whether it's chicken or tuna or whatever, um, salad has more than just chicken and mayo. If, if your chicken salad has just chicken and mayo, you've kind of failed at life. <laughs> you know, you, what else is that? Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, you got to put some spice in there and some flavor. Um, I've, I've had it. There's a great one I had once where it had cranberries, um, a little curry. Yeah, um, I was just going to say, curry is fantastic. And cranberry is very underrated. In, in you know, A good tuna salad, you'll put celery and onions and garlic. Um, and you make some, some nice flavor out of that. So, no, I don't. I think it's pretty rare to just have it be straight. Egg salad is usually a little more straightforward, um, being just egg. Egg salad, you put some relish in there. Relish? A mustard, I believe you can Chocolate. put in there. Um, some horseradish. Steak. Yep. Um, you've got some good options, certainly. Um, yeah. Sandwiches, yeah. Sandwiches. Sandwiches. Do I have any more sandwich fun facts? thought I had more. Now, um, <laughs> it was kind of interesting. Would you like to know the most expensive sandwich? Yes. <laughs> the most expensive sandwich ever sold. You're going to call bullshit on this right away. I know it. It was just a grilled toast sandwich, which I, I think they mean grilled cheese because I remember hearing about this. But it's a, I think a grilled cheese sandwich that appeared to have an image of the Virgin Mary mm -hmm. on one of the slices of bread. And that sandwich sold for $28,000. Well, <clears throat> I'm going to call BS not on the price, but on the fact that the person who bought it did not buy it as a sandwich. They yeah, bought it as, they a, bought it as a religious artifact. Um, yeah. So it's not really the most expensive. When you said most expensive, I assumed that because I know there was famously like the, the, ice, the most expensive ice cream sundae, which had like caviar ice cream and gold leaf on top and you know, a rare egg in it and it costs like $20,000 or something like that's what I expected. I'm like, oh, the sandwich, the, the bread is, was made by monks in the 18th century and has been locked in a cave for a thousand years. And it's the only loaf ever discovered. And it costs $50,000. Like that's, you know, yeah, it's, it's more of a novelty sale right there. Yeah. Um, I do remember hearing about a sandwich that had gold flakes. Like I forget what kind of, and it, it was it, probably the most expensive sandwich that you can buy in a like a typical market oh sure i want to say it was in dubai or someplace yeah there's always some restaurant trying to get attention by uh but i know there was a hamburger once they did with like the the rarest most exotic meat and all kinds of crazy 
It's like the guy that walked into the Starbucks and ordered, I guess, the most expensive drink that you can order, like with yep. the combination. It's like $87 or something. Yep. God, could you imagine being in the line behind that guy? <laughs> I would have been so yeah, pissed. I hope, he, I hope he went in when it wasn't too busy. I should, I hope so, because otherwise, he, I put it this way, I hope now, he bought a lot of people behind him drinks. Not not just, the, yeah, well, not just being the person behind him. Imagine being the person in front of him, and you decide that's going to be the one day you're going to be the good Samaritan. Yes, oh my you're god. Gonna, whatever, yeah, whatever the guy behind me wants, I'll pay for that too. Oh my god, that's I'll, a good thing to like, just know what the most expensive drink is, like the recipe, just to be a dick to people who do that. Be like, I know, ex- I did that once too. Oh my gosh, this is kind of a side story that has no business being told here. But I, um, I took my uh, my coworker needed to someone to go um, help him drop his car off at the shop and then drive him back to the office. And so I met him at the dealership where he dropped off his car, and I got in, and he said, "Oh, Sean, thank you. You know, I'll buy I'll buy you a coffee." And I said, "Okay, that's really nice of you, John. You didn't have to do that." And so he said, uh, where do you want to go? I said, oh, we'll go wherever. And he goes, well, let's go to Starbucks. Now, there was Dunkin' Donuts closer, but he said Starbucks, for the record. I said, all right. So we drive to Starbucks, and we get in line. And he orders, like, you know, a small, regular coffee, like a buck fifty. And I order, what was it? It was like a, a creme brulee uh, latte, um, large. It ended up being like six bucks. He <laughs> was so mad. He's like... I was buying you a coffee. I did not expect it to be that much, and he did not let me live it down. That Sean went ahead and, you know, took took uh, took up me up on my generosity and bought the most expensive that coffee they had. <laughs> um, that's just the kind of friend I am. <coughs> now I do want to talk about. Should have gotten a cookie with that too. I should have gotten like a breakfast a sandwich. Pop. You know, why don't we just get coffees for the whole office while we're here? John's yeah. buying. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure he would have appreciated that. So sandwich innovations, Matt. Mm-hmm. A fan of the show, uh, his name is Colby, and recommended we talk about a specific sandwich. Hey, Colby. And I would say, oh, he's not watching now. He said this uh, on Don't Panic last night. And I, I think, you know, a traditional sandwich, as we've said, is meat and cheese and toppings and dressing and bread. But yeah. I think there are some interesting things you can do. And Colby brought up his favorite sandwich, and that would be the Thanksgiving sandwich. Hmm. Are you familiar with the Thanksgiving sandwich, Matt? I believe so. I want to say this is the sandwich that has the turkey, yep. it has gravy, it yep. has stuffing, yep. and uh, cranberry sauce. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, That's Col- a great sandwich. Colby made sure to point out that uh, his favorite sandwich shop, D'Angelo Sandwiches, which is, I think, only in Massachusetts, so sorry, literally everyone else, um, has it on their menu all year round, which is apparently quite rare. But it's kind of an innovative idea um, to put a whole meal on a sandwich like that. And I was trying to think if there were any other real innovative sandwich ideas. Just thinking about that makes me sleepy. I I know. (laughs) I know. That is a winning combination. It really is. Um. I mean, you could do a Halloween sandwich. Okay. You got to take all of the candy from your kid's candy bucket. Okay. You open them all up. You sort them out, the chocolate and the fruit candies. Okay. 
one pile of the chocolate candies, one pile of the fruit candies. You heat them up in the microwave so that they melt into one solid, like a solid block of each one. You let it cool. All right, you put it in a special tray so that it takes the shape of that tray. Um, and then you then you gotta put you're gonna put each one of them on a large graham cracker. Okay. Then you're gonna put them both together. So you have one solid layer of fruit candy and one solid layer of chocolate candy. And then you, you just put another graham cracker on the other end. And then this is where where the um, condiment comes in. Special Halloween condiment. You're gonna take all of the candy corn that you have. You're gonna melt that together with caramel, like a special layer of caramel, and you're gonna just kind of line the top of the sandwich with that, almost like that's the cheese of the sandwich. Um, <clears throat> if you want, you can dip the entire thing in chocolate. Oh my god! And then put it in the refrigerator overnight so that it freezes. Matt, that's incredibly disgusting. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, look, I'm I'm all for creative ideas, and and to be completely honest, as someone who lived with you for a year, it would not surprise me if I walked into the kitchen one day to see you making this, um, <laughs> and you thinking it's a good idea. But I can assure you, I, I can't think of any situation where I want a chocolate candy brick and a fruit candy brick. <laughs> Smashed together in some horrible Frankenstein's monster uh, <laughs> sandwich creation. We can call it the Frankenstein sandwich. Oh my god! Perfect. But you know, you did give me an idea, and and this this could be our once again. We just give out million dollar ideas on the show all the time. But I think the next great franchise idea is the dessert sandwich. Yeah, because there's so many ways you could do that, right? You've got cinnamon bread. You've got banana bread. You've all you got all kinds of sweet breads, pumpkin right? Bread. Pumpkin bread, absolutely. In between that, you give people the option you can do Nutella, marshmallow, caramel, chocolate, uh, all kinds of chocolate, um, minced can honey. Um, you can do fruit, right? Because that's that's kind of a dessert. Some whipped cream in there, maybe. Um, cream Marsh. cheese. Uh, so you got so many options, and then you can serve it just as a straight sandwich, or you put in panini press. Bam. Hot dessert sandwich. I don't know if I would trust the banana bread in a panini press. It is a little crumbly. Like that, that's a little soggy, yeah. Yeah. But if you put some, um, you reinforce it with like a graham cracker or something. Sure. Sure. Could you? I wonder if you can make s'mores in a George Foreman grill. You probably could, right? Well, uh, mm, the problem is you've got those ridges. I feel like you'd break the crackers. You need you need the George Foreman where you can swap in the flat plate. <clears throat> oh, totally. Or just like a regular panini press. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. But I think I think too there are other ways to do s'mores other than just in graham crackers too. Yeah. Like if you can just get any kind of sweet dough, um, to put you know make a pancake and put, you know, or make a waffle and put some more stuff with it, which I know you can do in most panini presses. So. It's a good point. Um, there are lots of ways you can do that. Hmm. Gosh, so many sandwiches. It, isn't it amazing, Matt, the, the food ovations that, um, yeah. that you can come up with, with, with just the humble sandwich. It's true. It's, and it's a, it's a portable, portable food. 
can carry it basically anywhere. And it fills you up. Yeah, the, the sandwich is great. It's 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 like it's like we pretty much perfected the most convenient food imaginable. I really think that if we, you know, we famously sent out what was it, the Voyager probe that had the the gold record with all of man's achievements on it, and we sent it out into space. I feel like if we ever did that again, we should put the recipe for the sandwich mm. in that and send it out into space as a pinnacle of human society yeah totally agree i think it's a no-brainer damn well matt we are out of time for this discussion on sandwiches our continuing look into the world of food here on up for debate any any final thoughts on sandwiches other than other Uh than you probably want one now like i do oh yeah Talking about this, yeah, definitely make you want to stand. Oh boy. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I, I think those people that pronounce it sandwich, I think they need to stop. I've ne- who does that though? I've I, never heard anyone say that. I've heard a lot of people say it, and, and it, it kind of drives me insane. It's not a sandwich; it's a sandwich. Although for it's me, it's also not a sandwich; it's a sandwich. Worse for me is a Sammy. A Sammy? A Sammy. People call it a Sammy. Well, then I just won't know what the hell you're talking about. But that's what I'm saying. That's so far off. I don't even know where that comes from. That doesn't even make sense. Um, Matt, any uh, any thoughts on what we want to talk about next week? Or are we going we gonna to hold off and surprise the folks at home? Oh. Um, we had a pretty good thing going with the uh, Magic School Bus. We, we could... We certainly could go there. As long as you pencil in the calendar that November 3rd is, in fact, uh, National Sandwich Day. National Sandwich Day. Have and a sandwich while we talk about coffee. Or we talk about coffee, a whole episode about coffee. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> um, very good. Well, um, I will mention at this juncture, as I normally do at this juncture, that if you enjoy this show, uh, and thanks to everyone who checked it out live on Facebook, uh, we do this. Tuesday, no, Tuesday, Thursday nights, God, I don't even know what day of the week it is, uh, at 7.30 Central, 8.30 Eastern, uh, in the evening on Thursdays on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash TV. Uh, but if you can't check it out live, of course, our website, upfordebate.tv is the website. And it's got all our episodes, audio and video, and of course, all the links to subscribe are there on the website at TV on Twitter. And I do want to briefly mention Game Nights, Matt. Uh, which is the show uh, we do along with Dan and Colby. And uh, by the time you're listening to this, that means the first episode of our first side quest will be published. Neverwinter Heist um, will be live with our new Dungeon Master, Dan. And uh, Matt, you have a new character. That's right. Um, what was her name again? Oh, my God. We're <laughs> such a mess. Uh, Trumbolina, right? <clears throat> yes. Thrum, thrombolina, something Trimble, like that. Trimbrolina, grumbles mother. Sure. They're close enough. I'm not going to challenge you on that. She um, is a very um, religious paladin dwarf. Who hates from, me. Who, who does not like Sean's uh, dragonborn character. And it's uh, kind of a will-they-won't-they scenario, if you will. They won't. Um, they won't. <laughs> 
But I can assure everybody that we get ourselves into a situation that, A, we haven't recorded the, the resolution to yet, and B, I'm not sure we can resolve. So um, if that's any indication, that's where you're going to want to tune in. Um, well, uh, that's about it. So thanks, everybody, for joining us. On behalf of Matt, this is Sean. Thanking you for joining us on this episode of Up for Debate. And we hope to see you next time for even more exciting discussions here on this show.